welcome, or shall I say welcome back, to Becker and Broom on Bullets Forever, a podcast for the thinking Washington Wizards fan. My name is Ben Becker. My co-host, as always, is the great Kevin Broom. Hello, Kevin. How's it going, Ben? It's going great. Shout out to Andy Broom for our funky new intro music. That's good stuff. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's what long drives are made for, you know, with Bluetooth. He just pulled up this app and cranked out this <laughs> cranked out the new theme song. So it's uh, it's now the Becker and Broom theme song. Well, it's gonna get a ton of play. So, Kevin, free agency kicks off Friday night at midnight, but the activity over the past several days in the NBA world already has the NBA world abuzz, and of course I'm talking about the Wizards' pre-draft trade of their 52nd overall pick to New Orleans for Tim Frazier. Has has anybody done anything else? I think that's the only move of significance so far this offseason. And uh, surely it means championship. Exactly. Um, what what do you think of the trade? Uh, I actually liked it a lot. I think that Frazier is probably better than anybody they could have gotten at fifty two. And you know, I like Frazier. He he's a solid backup. Not, not a good shooter, but he penetrates. He you know good drive and dish kind of guy. Good in screen roll and. He's going to be the best backup point guard the Wizards have had since Ramon Sessions, that's for sure. And um, <laughs> it, it, he, he'll be welcome, I think, in the backcourt. They need a, needed a backup point guard this year, and I think Frazier fits that need. He's, you, know, he's, you don't want him to start. You don't want him to play a ton of minutes. But as a backup for Wall playing you know, 12, 15 minutes a game, he'll be fine. Your metric the metric that you developed ppa player Mm -hmm. production average you like to tell us that it it uh measures basically uh what helps teams win and lose basketball games right um gives you credit for for good things and and takes credit away for for bad things so um over the course of his career and um and in his most recent season what does tim frazier's ppa look like and what does that translate in terms of um, to, to what we can expect to see on the court from him from a production standpoint? Well, last season was his best, and he had a PPA of 82. You know, PPA average is 100, higher is better. But for a backup point guard, that's fine. That's a useful range. I mean, he's a below average player. But again, you're not playing him 40 minutes a night. You're playing him probably 12 to 15 minutes a night. And uh, he's, he's going to be fine for that. Uh, you know, I wouldn't want to expand his role too much beyond there, but it's, it's fine. This was also, by the way, the first year that he really got extended playing time. You know, before that, it's, his numbers are just kind of all over the place, but it's all small sample size theater. He had a decent stint in New Orleans in 2015-16, um, you know, but that was only 16 games, 469 minutes. And then, you know, longer stint this year, and he was, he was solid. So, like I said, I think he's he's going to be a, a decent addition to the backcourt and should be able to, to be a good backup for Wall. Yeah, I, I think I agree for the most part. I mean, on its face, getting a rotation-worthy NBA player um, with a late second-round pick is a win. The Generally, late second-round picks 
don't make rosters, let alone um, crack rotations. So in, in that sense, it's a good use of the pick. Uh, what, what they trade for that, literally, is um, they have him under control for one year. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if he plays extremely well, the odds are, uh, maybe not the odds are, but there's certainly a chance that they can't afford to hold on to him and he goes elsewhere. Uh, and so they're back in the market yet again for um, backcourt depth uh, next year. And and I guess while they seemingly addressed, in quotes, um, the, the, the backup point guard uh, issue, you, you still can't look at their roster and say that the, the backcourt depth is an, is an area of strength. You know, based mm. based on what Frazier does and doesn't do well, it's hard to see him playing with Wall for any extended period unless you know one of them gets considerably better shooting from the outside. Um, you know, same thing with Sadoransky, who you know, God help him, you know, can't can't shoot at all. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Ubre didn't shoot very well. So if, if, as you look at him, sort of with the second unit. Sort of like wow, these guys may have trouble, um, may have trouble making shots, and it's it's adequate. It, it it's an upgrade. It plugs a hole, but um, it, you know the, you don't see the Wizards with a three guard rotation that's gonna um, right th- that's gonna hurt people next year. Right, absolutely, I, I agree with all of that, and they have bodies, but they don't really have good players. Uh, off the bench, you know, Frazier would be their best guard off the bench, most likely, barring you know some kind of miraculous improvement from Sadoransky or Ubre, and you know the Wizards should probably still be looking for somebody who can do a bit more as a backup for Beal. Um, the issue, the problem is, which we're going to get to in a few minutes, of course, is the kind of resources they have available to them, which are not many. Right. And well, and that's a perfect segue. I mean, the 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 reality is is that the reason that they made this trade uh it, it it's it, it's still everything that that has gone on with this team since the disaster of the 2016 offseason has has been a form of a ripple effect of that. Mm-hmm. And so when they when Trey Burke was a disaster, and Brandon Jennings was a disaster. Um, the Wizards went into the offseason needing a backup point guard, and they don't have the cap space to go get one, or, or they don't have space under the luxury tax to go get one and um, re-sign their very important free agent, Otto Porter, and their less important free agent, um, Boyan Bogdanovich. And mm-hmm. so... Um, they they were fortunate to find an inexpensive rental who's a competent NBA player, but um, uh, you know last summer and we talked about this at the deadline with uh, you, you know with the, with the trade that brought Bogdanovich in, if the Wizards had not been saddled with that silly um, uh, Nicholson contract, they would have been in the mix for Lou Williams, and Lou Williams is signed through next year and. You know, so there's this whole ripple effect of moves, 
um, that mm-hmm. the Wizards have had to make and that the Wizards will have been and will continue to be excluded from because of all the mistakes that they made last summer. Yeah, yeah. It's I mean, we've marveled at it in the past, but it's worth doing again, and that is they went into that offseason with enough cap space and flexibility to sign a max free agent to you know and and do other things as well and what they came away with was Mahinmi and Jason Smith and and uh, Andrew Nicholson and they've been struggling to recover from that all last season i mean they had the worst bench in the league um, in part because i mean of all people Jason Smith was their best guy off the, was their best of those 3 and you know he was sort of right around his career average, which is well below average. I mean, I love watching him play and all that, but he's just not that good. And um, you know maybe they get more from Mahinmi this year. That'll help. But I mean they've got a lot of money tied up in the center position with uh, between Mahinmi and Gortat, and that's that's handcuffing them in other ways. And so um, you know most likely they they should try to keep Otto Porter. We'll get to him in a few minutes, I'm sure. But that means probably letting you know Bogdanovich leave at the expense of the first round pick they gave up, so that they could also unload Nicholson's contract. And like you said, it all ripples through. You know, how nice would it be to have you know five and a quarter million dollars that they're giving Jason Smith to go out and get a better guard? You know, how much? How nice would it be to have sixteen million this season, this off season to go out and get somebody? You know, get some help at power forward, get some help at center. You know, anyway, you know, that's well, look, that, that I, 2016 offseason is the, the the mistakes they made are, are costly. Well, right. And, and I want to be clear about something. We're not talking about this because uh, for our health and, and we just want to drive home that last offseason sucked I, because I think most people know that the reason that we're talking about it is because as we head into free agency and we've already uh you know had a draft that that had the wizards not have a first round pick and and we've had some major major trades made and some other major names and and not as major names but 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 good players are who are clearly available on the trade market um the Wizards are probably not in the mix for any of this as a result of last summer, and and so you know you mentioned you, you mentioned Nicholson like I, I don't know how um, you know if if Bogdanovich leaves not that it should really matter but if they decide they can't afford Bogdanovich what they will have done with the cap space to sign Andrew Nicholson is they they will have signed Andrew Nicholson had you know whatever it is, a half season of negative production from him, burned their first round pick for, you know, a guy who they got a half season from who was what we basically expected him to be, which was a good shooter and not much else. And, um, and that's it. That, that, that bad decision cost them a first round pick. Um, when, you know, if they had just made a pick in the draft, um, uh, you know, Maybe that pick is part of a package um, to bring them a Paul Millsap in a side and trade, or you know maybe the, maybe they could have gotten in the mix on on Paul George, or or maybe it's part of a deal with Houston that you know that gets them Ryan Anderson, something like that. I mean, it's just you, you know you can go down a rabbit hole where, where the possibilities are endless. Um, 
and and they're they're really behind the eight ball. Mm-hmm. You know, the one other point that I will make is that I don't fault their um, the, them for going after the guys they went after. They went after good players. You know, the 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 Durant pursuit was foolish based on the intel that was out there. It was sort of the worst kept secret in the league that he wasn't um, interested in coming to DC. You know, they got close with Horford. That would have helped immensely. That you know they. Um, sure. Um, you know, I don't fault them for going after Ryan Anderson, etc. But when all those things fell through, there was no one in the room who said, "Guys, we need to um, we need to live to fight another day." Like there's there's going to be there's going to be another off season. There's a trade deadline coming up in a few yeah. months. There's an off season next year when all these big guys are going to move. Let's um, let's keep ourselves in position and instead they you know they they over they they overpaid in terms of number of years and in uh in terms of annual dollars for, for guys whose production just don't match those contracts and so as a yep. result you, you know as a result if they could get a meeting with Paul Millsap and he were to say you know what man you know i i just played this team in the playoffs I really fit here, you know. I I can play with their starting center Gortat. I can play next to Markeith Morris in a small lineup that would could actually be really difficult defensively. Like, you know, you don't have to give me the full max. I'll take three years, seventy-five million or something like that. You, you know, eighty million, whatever it is. There's, you know, they don't have a contract that they can give to. Um, to Atlanta because Mahinmi signed for you know three years and forty eight more million dollars. You know they they right. probably they probably have to pay three first round picks to unload that and you know and that wouldn't be enough and and that might not be enough. Yeah, because essentially you'd be offering a team like with Mahinmi, you're offering them an anchor. You know, and now the one bright side with Mahinmi is his deal starts declining after this year. Um, this is the most expensive year on his deal, but still, it's you're still really going into this with, um, you know, if you were to try to trade him, he's really not a valued commodity. You know, first of all, players like him. You know, his style of play, that sort of um, big center who kind of lumbers and and plays defense and doesn't do much else. That that kind of player is out of favor. In recent years, teams would rather go ahead and get somebody who's a little smaller, who has skills, who can handle the ball, who can shoot, pass, and still play defense and rebound, of course. But that's kind of more of the mold of what teams are looking for. They're willing to sacrifice their size to, for mobility and skill. And the Wizards have invested heavily in an older player who isn't very skilled. And it's going to be tough to trade him with the size of the contract and the, his style of play. That's not to say that Mahinmi can't be valuable in the right setting, and maybe he can help as a backup center. You know, he was okay in spots uh, this season in very limited minutes, but a, the game is going in a different direction than players like him. Yeah, I, I don't have a problem with Mahinmi. I, for the most part, don't have a problem with Mahinmi as the backup center because of, um, you know, if he should help more than he did last year if he can – if he can shape shake the injuries, 
Um, I, I don't love it just from the standpoint of uh, it's a it's a much worse version of the you know what we just talked about with with Frazier and Wall. Like in today's NBA, you cannot play Gortat and Mahinmi together. So, um, right. you, you know, you, if, if you know flexibility is key, and you're already saying um, we're not going to have any with with these two players, um, but you know, especially with this week. You know, uh, my eye keeps wandering back to to Houston and Daryl Morey, and there he is with with Clint Capella on a rookie contract, and he had Nene this past year on on the veterans minimum. Yeah. And, and here's a perfect example of someone of a of a of a team that stepped back and they looked at the marketplace and they didn't just look at it in a moment in time, but they clearly projected out and said, okay, what um, what what positions are going to be scarce, and what positions is there going to be a, a a surplus of of talent? And so we're not going to we're not going to pay big money for uh, a center anymore because we can get passable production for for really cheap, and we're going to put that elsewhere in our roster. And lo and behold, they're they're able to um, to to through some salary cap artistry and machinations um work their way into one of the best point guards of all time um so it's it's just it's frustrating because um the you know the the wizards don't have to um it it didn't have to be this way put it that way yeah i i agree you know it's like it's like you said the the Plan A was Durant. Well, that fell through. Plan B was Horford. That was a good plan B. That fell through. Plan C should not have been 16 million for or 64 million for Mahinmi and you know 18 million for Jason Smith or 15 million, 16 million, whatever it was that he he got and and you know a four-year deal for Andrew Nicholson. That just those as Plan C that just doesn't make any sense and. Um, it would have been the Wizards would have been better off to slow down to go ahead and and maybe sign some guys to a one year deal or a two year deal so that they could one get out of them and get better players in the future or two trade them and get better players in the future you know but they like this is the thing it's like say for example you know the John Wall said that he wanted Paul George well that's a great idea I. I but what do the Wizards have to give up to get George? You know, you could trade Otto Porter. That's possible, right, if you do a sign-and-trade with Porter and maybe some first-round picks. Uh, now, I'm not even convinced that that would make the Wizards any better because I don't think Paul George actually addresses the things that are wrong with the team in a way that, like, swapping Porter for George makes any sense. But you could do that. You you know you could throw in some other some of the other bad deals and a bunch of first round picks you know but the problem is is that I mean does Indiana really want Mahinmi back no do they want Gortat no do they want Markeith Morris yeah maybe because you know Morris isn't that good but his his contract is favorable but do they want anybody else on that on the bench no you know no there's there's nobody else there you know Ubre's got potential but. You're going to give up uh, Paul George for you know Ubre and a bad contract and a couple of first round picks. I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, well, 
well, and and that's the thing is that even if even if there was a team who fell in love with Kelly Oubre because they they said you know what he's the he's going to be a better version of Trevor Ariza or or whatever <laughs> it is. Um, uh, what you need is um, you, you need a good player on a good uh, on a on a good contract or on a soon to be expiring contract that's 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 ballast you know the 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 brook lopez deal that just went to to la that that you know brook lopez is fine but the lakers did that to get out of mozgov's contract and and he's on an expiring deal you know we we both chuckled last year when orlando signed jeff green to a one-year 15 million dollar deal the deal made no sense from the standpoint of giving jeff green 15 million dollars um, mm-hmm. Because he's not that good, and because they had like nine front court guys on that team, but I think we both liked it, and it's like, all right, worst case scenario, you're you're out of it in a year, and maybe that's a um, that that's the the piece you need to make salaries work on a bit on a big acquisition. You know, yeah. those are the kind of moves that I, 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 I that I think can make sense. So, you know, the, the Wizards are now in this situation where. If they 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 seemingly have one of two ways to add talent to the roster, the, the the first way is what I think is the more likely way, and that is to get cheap um, cheap guys with their um, exceptions, um, you know, breaking up the taxpayer mid level exception and uh, veteran minimum deals, and and hoping that. They can get bargain basement guys who are going to produce and and just co- come together and be a better um, a, a, a better bench than they had last year, and um, and that's one way. And the other way is you know I sort of touched on earlier is to um, you know mortgage the future and say you know do a version of the, that Paul Millsap deal and say. Atlanta, here's our next three first-round picks that we can trade, and Ubre, and and you're rebuilding anyway, so take Mahinmi, and um, you know that's that's really risky, and that that that's sort of like um, that puts a great team on the floor, but it means you have no depth, it means you're paying the luxury tax. I think it's mm-hmm. super unlikely for all those reasons, um, and so um, you know. That's probably what I would do under the circumstances because it's going to be hard to, to to get better by just adding on the margins. But but a good GM could do that, I guess. Yeah, it's it's going to be tough. I mean, my guess is they might try some some unguaranteed uh, minimum salary type uh, type deals for some veterans. I find it hard to believe they're going to go dig into their exceptions because they're right up against the luxury tax, and I really don't think that they want to spend it. You know, spend on that even, even for a year. They can go over the cap, of course, to start the season, and they just have to be back under the luxury tax by the end of the season to avoid paying. So they could do some non-guaranteed, some you know, unguaranteed deals, and you know, maybe you know, release guys who aren't working out, or to to get back under the cap, under the luxury tax threshold at the right time, or maybe you pay a small luxury tax this year. But the thing you don't want to do, you've made this point a number of times is you don't want to get into that repeater status because once you are a repeater of you know violate of going over the luxury tax it gets the, the penalties get steeper and 
you get more restrictions on your ability to acquire players. And so this isn't a good place for the Wizards to be in in terms of their franchise and their their asset management because, you know, they, they have needs. They have some real needs on this team, and they really don't have the resources to bring them in. They, they're pretty much going to have to go with what they had last year, um, hoping that you get a little bit of an upgrade from Tim, you know, with Tim Frazier over – the guys that they had, and otherwise it's going to be pretty much the same. You hope that Ubre improves. You hope that Sadoransky improves. You hope that Mahinmi can stay healthy, and, and maybe you get better internally that way. You know, maybe Porter continues to improve. He's improved every year of his career so far. Maybe you Beal hope that you hope you improves. catch lightning in a bottle with you know with Sheldon Mack or something like that. And he, yeah. he, he, but but you know a, you know super low probability play. And there. there's still room for there's still room for Wall to improve. I mean he's. He's well, also, he's an all star and that kind of stuff, but he's not quite at that all NBA level. Um, well, I guess he's close, you know, close to that all NBA level, but he's not at that elite superstar level, like that tier one star. And he's got plenty of room. I think he has the ability to get there, but he he has to improve to get there. Well, I'm glad you brought up Wall because when you were talking about the luxury tax um, and 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 whether or not they want to pay it, the one thing that that hopped into my mind is um they they have to be careful with saying oh we don't want to pay the tax uh because john wall john wall's free agency is not that far away um he's clearly uh i don't know about clearly there are reports that he's trying to to uh, you know, recruit fellow stars with whom he's close to come to the Wizards. I think he's finding out that, you know, if there may be interest on the part of those players, there's no way to get them there for the reasons that we just talked about. Yeah. Um, and so you got to be careful about pissing John Wall off and saying, yeah, we're not going to pay the luxury tax because, as we're seeing all over the league right now, and this, in truth, is not a new phenomenon, guys want to go where they can win. And if um, you know, if Wall gets frustrated and doesn't feel like ownership's committed to winning, um, or doesn't feel like the front office can can figure it out, um, when uh, when when they offer him his extension, he might take a wait and see approach, and and mm-hmm. and they might be um, faced with the specter of losing him. Um, yeah. In two years. So. Yeah, because he's he's a free agent in the summer of 2019. So that's just two years away. That is just two years away. So there is um, a lot uh, to balance, and there is a lot to um, to, to figure out uh, at uh, at the Wizards' offices right now in terms of how they are going to navigate this free agency. the The one thing that is a sure thing, or that should be a sure thing in in most respects, is Otto Porter um, and retaining Otto Porter. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, you know, anyone who's listened to this podcast before knows that we are big Otto fans, not just because he appears to be a swell guy, because but because he is immensely, immensely productive. Um, he's just coming off of not just a fantastic season, but you know he's gotten better every year that he's in the league. He's still just twenty three years old. There's mm-hmm. tons of room for improvement. There, there's reason to believe that he will continue to improve, and and so it it seems to be just a question of 
how long and how much are they signing him for? Is, is he going to sign an offer sheet and, and that the Wizards are going to match? Are they going to work something out so that they have him here for a fifth year? Um, you know, how do you, how do you see this playing out? Well, I think the ideal would be to lock him up for as long as you can, because you know I think he's 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 very good, and even if he say drops off, he isn't doesn't shoot quite as well. You know, he's still a terrific shooter. Last season, you know, he shot extremely well, um, whether he was on the floor with John Wall or not. And um, uh, what's his name? Nicholas. I don't know how you say his last name. Sharia? Scaria? Oh, Scaria, yeah. B-ball breakdown and uh, nylon stats. Um, He's awesome on Twitter. No, nylon calculus, excuse me. Yeah, he's he did a he did this estimation of how openness three point shot openness, and found that Otto Porter was forty fourth percentile, which means below the league average for uh, three point attempt openness, which is pretty incredible considering that Otto had what the, one of the top three or four three point percentages in the league this year. I think only Kyle Korver was ahead of him this year, so. Porter is good, and I would like to lock him up for basically as long as possible because I think, you know, like you said, he's only 23 years old. He works hard. He's very skilled, and I think he's going to get better, and I think that there's an opportunity, a significant opportunity for the Wizards to expand his role. He might not be, you know, efficiency like, you know, an offensive rating of 130. It might be like 125 or 120, which is still great. And, you know, with the usage level that's higher, closer to the league average, you know, and I think that there's a real opportunity for him to grow, grow his role significantly. As it was, he was terrific this year. You know, he was uh, basically the lowest uh, turnover rate for, you know, anybody who played significant minutes. I think it was actually technically like the third lowest in the league for players with at least 500 total minutes. And I mean, and Otto played, of course, like 2,600 minutes. So it's just freaky that he does not make mistakes. He hits shots from everywhere. I mean, his shot chart is ridiculous. It's virtually all green. The only spot that's not is the left corner where he, he shot below league average for some reason from that corner. But from everywhere else, he's better than league average, typically a lot better than league average. Right now, you know, Otto Porter is listening to this podcast. In the, he's standing in the left corner of a, of a dark gym in an undisclosed location, just firing three after three from the left corner. And, um, yeah, and, and, and I hope so, because he, you know, he'll probably get a bunch of them. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I, his shot chart, as you said, it was unreal. I think he was, he was the best shooter in the, the best um, non-big, non-Kevin Durant shooter in in the league and so well he actually had a higher efg effective field goal percentage than durant this season um i think that the only guy who beat him non-big was kyle corver yeah and and um it, it's so it's funny because and we've talked about this before a little bit but 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 when someone says think of a think of a great shooter you know you mm-hmm. you, you think of guys who look a certain way you know if someone says Who's the best shooter on the Wizards? If you ask a, a a basketball fan walking down the street, you know I think nine out of ten would say Bradley Beal. But regardless mm-hmm. of what Otto looks like, um, the guy just makes shots, um, and he and he and he does it from any, everywhere. And and so I think as he 
adds the ability to um, to score off the dribble a little more. Um, uh, he's only going to get better. You know, at, at one guy whose name we're hearing a ton this summer because of his free agency and how that could shift the balance of power is Gordon Hayward. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, Gordon Hayward is a guy that, um, who, at this stage of his career, he wasn't as good as Porter. He wasn't as productive as Porter. Um, and and he is someone who's worked really hard to expand his skill set. And, and so I, I think basketball fans in, are very quick to um, typecast people and say, you, you know, Otto's comparisons when he came into the league were Tayshaun Prince because he was thin. And um, <laughs> but uh, but Otto, we have every reason to believe he's going to continue to get better. Um, and you know the the thought of how good he could be at 25, 26, um, you know that that that's where a, a good portion of the team's upside lies. By mm-hmm. the way, um, just to clarify our Nick Scaria plug from before, smartbasketballguy.com and at Nick underscore Scaria S C I R I A. He does awesome videos and um, uh, if. In case you're looking for more nerdy basketball content, um, yes. check him out. Yeah, um, and then real real quick, I wanted to say one thing because you said you know that Porter could grow his ability, you know, to, for example, create offense off the dribble. I actually think that's not so important, and I mean, I, it'd be fine if he worked on that and became good at it. But there's lots of ways to create offense. And he does a, a, actually a pretty good job of it already. I think he could do better, especially if the team were to design some things. But Porter is, um, you know, one of the things that shows up in the numbers is what a great finisher he is. And there's a lot of ways that the team, he also cuts well, you know, he moves to open space. And if they does actually design some things for him that took advantage of Wall's court vision and passing ability and Otto's, you know, ability, he catches anything you throw in his general direction. He's not going to fumble it out of bounds, and he'll hit the shot. So I think that there's room for them to, to create some things for him, um, some looks for him, some offensive sets for him. I mean, I'd love for the Wizards to look back at some of the old, um, you know, Mike D'Antoni, um, Steve Nash, Sean Marion, um, Phoenix Suns type stuff, and see some of the ways that um, the Suns, used Sean Marion and Steve Nash as, you know, partners in um, cuts and passes and running the court and getting open, you know, layups that way. I think there's a lot of ways that Porter can create offense or that offense can be created around Porter and Wall working kind of in tandem without necessarily, you know, going with the lower percentage isolations and dribble drive type things, which... um, you know, is sort of the the way most people think of, you know, creating offense. There's lots of ways to create offense, well, and look, um, I, that's what I would prefer to see him working on. I mean, I'd like to see him do the other stuff too, sure, but I just think that there's room for him to to work on all the other parts of his game because he's that's already what he's good at. That is a fantastic point, and it is a point well taken. And it's just sort of like that um, w- w- we get. Our, our minds in these sort of um, uh, traps, if you will, of sort of like, well, well what, is it, what does it mean for a player like Otto Porter to get better? And for, for whatever reason, 
um, you know, we're conditioned to think, well, what he's got to do is is be a you know become a great isolation player, a guy who you can just throw the ball to and he can beat his man off the dribble and get all the way to the rim and finish or make a or 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 you know you throw it to him in the post and he can make a fade away and stuff like that. And the truth of the matter is, is he's good at what he's good at. They he he will get better at that. And there are ways to build an offense around that, particularly with a backcourt who uh, who's pretty effective at at creating creating off the dribble and mm-hmm. and who spends the ball the, a lot of time with the ball in their hands. Um, the Wizards can put a lot of pressure on opposing defenses by doing different things with Porter, as you say. Um, and you know they, they had a good offense this year. It's it, it'll get even better if they can figure out how to get more shots from Porter and mm-hmm. and 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 fewer from Marquise Morris. Um, mm-hmm. And and um, you know Otto's good, as as Trevor Ariza said, he's a he's a real good player, and yeah. um, he's uh, he's going to continue to be a good player. Yeah. All right. So I hate predictions, but um, they're fun to look back on and laugh. So how's Otto going to get resigned? Is is he going to sign directly with the Wizards, or is he going to sign an offer sheet that the Wizards are going to match? That is the million dollar question. My guess is it's going to be he's going to have to get an offer sheet from someplace, and the Wizards will match it, and then we'll see from there. If if I were the Wizards, I think what I would do is I would try to you know do some mathy type stuff, and um, you know if he were to sign a max with somebody else versus signing a max with five year deal with the Wizards. Um, the difference in that, you know, he would have to find a fifth year somewhere else for like $37 million. So maybe you could split that with him in, in some way and get him to sort of spread that savings out throughout the length of the deal. Take a little bit less than the max, you know, do a five-year, like $25 million instead of $143 million, that kind of thing. And um, give yourselves, give the Wizards a little bit of flexibility to, to keep some guys or go out and find some other players who can be pretty good and build some depth, but my guess is that he'll probably sign Max a uh, Max offer sheet somewhere else, and the Wizards will match it. I think that the Wizards are going to be faced with two scenarios: a five-year Max that they sign him to, or a four-year Max that someone else signs him to. And I think they're going to sign him to a five-year Max deal. You know, as a as a fan, I I, I want him to get that fifth year, but I, I want that scenario that you said where there's some savings, but um, I don't think uh, I don't think that's gonna happen. And I think and I think they're gonna they're gonna cave and just give him the five year max. So we've got our Porter predictions. Boyan Bogdanovich, do they keep him or do they let him go and and admit defeat on uh, on on a terrible series of moves? Uh, I think that they are in a situation where they're going to have to basically let him go. I don't. They can't afford to keep him and stay under the luxury tax. Not if they're going to give Otto Porter the max. And so I think that uh, Boyan is going to turn out to be a one-year rental or third of a year rental. I think that they will make him a ridiculous lowball offer, so that they can say we tried to keep him and he just got more money elsewhere. Um, and, and an effort to try to save some face, but if they're signing Otto to a max, um, and and they haven't cleared some major salary by uh, by free agency time, 
I, I don't see how they're keeping him. Ernie said, you know, they'd go into the luxury tax for, for the right guy. I, I think that we can all agree that Boyan Bogdanovich is not the right guy. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, I have this... I, I'm not going to put you on the spot and, and ask you for, for names of, of people who you're going to see um, them go after, but I have a hunch that they're going to make a play for Aaron Aflalo. We were talking about the need for backup shooting, and he's got a reputation for being a, uh, you know, a physical defensive presence. It just seems like an Ernie type of move um, whereby they'd overpay. I guess the one thing that would keep that from happening is you know, from them giving him too much money is, uh, is, is the luxury tax issue. So, you know, maybe in some ways it'll, it'll be their friend and maybe they'll sign, um, you know, a bunch of two-year deals with, um, you know, a, a one-year deal with option to, to a, a, a few guys and, and, and one or two of them will hit. Um, maybe their financial inflexibility will keep them from repeating the, uh, the, the disaster of, of 2016. Yeah, I mean, Aflalo is a possibility. Maybe he would. He was pretty bad last year in Sacramento. Maybe he would bounce back. Uh, you know, maybe he's due for a bounce back year. That that's certainly a possibility. You know, it seems like a guy like Ben McLemore at the league minimum. It would be a possibility for them. Uh, I don't think he's going to be doing very much. <laughs> McLemore will, but uh, you know, it's worth a shot, especially if it's a non guaranteed deal. Um, you know, it's just tough to say who's going to be out there because I think they're really going to be shopping at that league minimum. And so I think they're going to be looking sort of, you know, we're going to be looking at seeing their moves in like late late July or in August when uh, a lot of the free agents I was thinking like down. I was thinking maybe July 5th, but, um, but maybe late July or August it is. Um, all right, well, um, with that, let's uh let's wrap it up um as always uh please hit that subscribe button on however uh, however you're listening to uh to this podcast follow kevin on twitter at broom underscore kevin um and also check out bullets forever for his wizards related work and kevin's website kevinbroom.com i'm on twitter at underscore ben becker Enjoy the musical stylings of Andy Broom as we uh, as we play ourselves out here. Until next time, this is Becker and Broom on Bullets Forever.